So, are you DTFF? Once again, here is Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football with your hosts, Dustin Lunt and Jake Trowbridge. Welcome back to the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football podcast. Welcome to the show, everyone. We are happy to be back uh, talking fantasy football with you all this evening. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we have a great show for you this evening. We are talking mid-season disappointments. So we are talking about players that have not met our expectations and what we thought they were going to do so far into the season and probably discuss, should we cut bait on these players? Do we expect a turnaround? What's the reason why they're disappointing us? All the all these things and more. Uh, but before we get into it, Jake, how are you doing this evening? Man, I'm here. <laughs> you know, it's week <laughs> eight. I feel the exhaustion ramping up from, you know, having to play fantasy football and pretending to be good at it. And eventually <laughs> it just catches up to you. <laughs> Yeah, it really does. Um, as much as we like to think that we are experts uh, here in in uh, the the fantasy world, um, in the end, it just no one really knows what the hell they're talking about because fantasy football is a sport played by real people, and we're trying to guess what real people are going to do on any given basis and any day. And that's just let's be honest. The reality of that is it's never going to happen. But goddamn, do I still love it so much, so much. <laughs> Even coming in exhausted about fantasy football is better than coming in with no fantasy football. I, I stay by that. Yeah, I mean, we could be talking about baseball, I guess. I will not be that person. I golf? will leave this podcast right now if we start talking about golf. My God, I mean, unless there's, 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 so many, there's so many worse options out there. So it's it's true. Thank you for keeping the perspective here, Dustin, and providing that silver lining. Well, that's what I'm here for. So I see you put a little note on here, Jake, uh, for a little discussion point, uh, talking about any trades. Have you had a chance to check? I didn't check to see if there's any trades or any, any breaking news. I was waiting for the alerts to pop up all day. So listeners, if, if you're catching this on Wednesday, yesterday was the NFL trade deadline. And every year... I get this unreasonable expectation that there's going to be big moves. You know, all these players, Odell Beckham's going to get traded somewhere. Allen Robinson's going to get traded somewhere. These big names never happens. And nope. nothing happened Evan today. Ingram. We, yeah, even Evan Ingram. I mean, you know, in terms of big names, he's not the biggest, but it would have looked a lot better compared to what we got today, which was really nothing in terms of fantasy implications. A couple of guys here and there got moved. Melvin Ingram. Went from the Pittsburgh Steelers to some other damn place. And I don't care. I wanted a big name trade. It didn't happen. So you're no. stuck with your players where they were. That's right. At least for real football. Hopefully your trade deadline in your fantasy league hasn't happened yet. Uh, so you can still make trades and get your favorite players onto your teams. So, um, Jake, we have uh, our beer of the week here. You provided for us this week. So why don't you tell us what this is? Yeah, I'm ready to get funked up, Dustin. This is the Modcraft, which is a local brewery. It's the Low Funk Sour Ale. Now, that's P-H. funk spelled with a P-H. you goddamn right, Dustin. Because uh, we're talking, it's a sour. And and so there's something about P-H, I guess, involved with yes. making sours. sours. Sours have a very low P-H, uh, typically around like oh. 3, 3 to 3, 5. Where like your normal beer is probably in like the four six to four eight range. Oh my god! Now I get the name after your your careful and thoughtful explanation. Now I get the name pun. I I just bought it because it came in a variety pack. I'll be honest, and this is what's left out of the variety pack. Uh, but I like sours now. You I know you were starting to get into them or like mm-hmm. on the verge of sours. So I'm curious if if this one is appealing to you whatsoever it's a lemony sour so i don't know it is it's it's okay uh, as far as sours go it's a little little much for my palate uh sure. strong but not so strong that it's gonna burn my tongue off and ruin all my flavors for the rest of the evening um that's i good. think 
one one will be plenty. One will hold me the podcast here. Uh, probably not something I would go after. As I said, it's a little too much for me, but it, it is a good beer. Uh, it's well balanced. It's got that little lemony flavor to it. Uh, I like it. I mean, as far as sours go, I like it. We're we're not going to put this in the branding for Mobcraft anytime soon. It's I mean, for sours, it's fine. I don't think that's a slogan they would choose, personally. Well, probably not, but I think <laughs> it's fair. I'm just saying maybe workshop that slogan hey, a little bit. I'm giving you my honest opinion. And I, we had the disclaimer up front that sour is not my style. So I, I think that, that I think that is a fair assessment of the beer. And you take it as as you will, knowing my stance on hardcore sours. I'm sorry I got you all ramped up, Dustin. Oh, I didn't mean did. I didn't mean for that to happen. <laughs> um, for what it's worth, as a sour lover, I, I really enjoy it uh, because I like a good lemon sour, and you can't find many that are like like that. All mm-hmm. the sours that I've had before, there's always some sort of like weird berry mixed into it that I might or might not have ever heard of before. And this is kind of more straightforward, and it's my speed. So, Mobcraft, I enjoy this. If you wanted to send me some more, that would be terrific. Thanks. Well, let's get out of the madness then so we can move on to something a little bit more fruitful here. Uh, is uh, this next section a really a little bit more fruitful? I feel like it's a, eh, Well, too. yeah, it's not meh. It's a little more, uh, yeah. shit. Exactly. Uh, to rip the Band-Aid off here, and, and, and I put this in here because last week, listeners, viewers, you know, we always do a beer bet payout uh, from last week. And last week's beer bet was that of DJ Moore versus Calvin Ridley. Uh, now, if you didn't hear the news, Calvin Ridley has stepped away from football, citing some uh, mental health uh, concerns there. And he's basically just trying to get himself right. So... Definitely applaud him for doing mm-hmm. that and, and obviously doing what's what's right for him. In the spirit of this, of course, we're not going to do the beer bet payout. That that seems silly. Uh, Absolutely. When, when there's something like that here at play. So instead, I thought what we could do is instead of, you know, shotting to each other as we typically would, we can just do a little salute uh, to Calvin, uh, wishing him some good health and happiness here mm-hmm. moving forward and Hopefully everything pans out for him uh, and this decision, you know, works out best in the long run for him. So that's right. Nothing but the best, Calvin, because I know you listen to the podcast here and all your free time. But yeah, nothing but the best for this guy uh, or young kid, I should say, um, mm-hmm. you know, got a long life ahead of him. So more important for the mental aspect of your life. Get that in order. Uh, so thoughts and prayers out to you. Here's to you, buddy. Salute. Ah, Whew. I finished off the uh, the Jameson there with that one, Dustin. I know you were worried after last week if I did or didn't. I was. I tell you now that I did. So perfect. In any case, though, <laughs> yes, obviously uh, there are things more important than football and fantasy football, and we do have to uh, think about that sometimes. Mm-hmm. So uh, a good gentle reminder there, I think, for all of us. Now, with that said. Uh, this is a segment that we didn't have last week because we did not have any user submissions. I was able to call up one submission here, Dustin, for our Yay. favorite segment of the week. Do you want to kick us off into the segment? Drunk, 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 hammer, drunk, 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 trade of the week. So this week's submission comes once again from Reddit. This is from user Golden God three two one. Says, "Is it the lead singer from Stillwater? I hope so. I am a Golden God. Uh, God, it's it's almost famous. <laughs> Dustin and I talk about this all the time, but almost famous is like a top five movie for me, pretty easily. And it's any time that I stumble across it on whatever streaming platform it's always on, I have to watch it. It's like mm-hmm. a it's like a tick. Like I can't scroll by and not watch that movie." It's basically the same in our household, too. It's such a great movie. And if you haven't seen it, go out and watch it because it is fantabulous. It is just a great movie. You have to stop stop listening to this podcast and just go watch it. Pause. <laughs> yeah, hit pause. Go watch it and then come back, finish listening. And you'd be like, God, you're so right. It's that anyway. good. Yeah, it's that good. But this week's Drunk Trade from Golden God 321 says, got a first round pick 
for Josh Rosen when he was on Miami. I was buzzed when I proposed it, but not as buzzed as the other guy who accepted. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. We've had a lot of reasonable submissions. I feel like uh, over the last few that we had, where it was like actually, I mean, for some of them at least, it's like, I could see some merit here. You know, this is just, this is fucking wild. I I applaud him uh, on being able to pull off that trade, Uh, even considering he was buzzed, but then the other person was even more buzzed. Uh, The fact that that went off and was able to get that done, I applaud you, sir. That is that is, that is a, a nice, nice uh, payback on that trade there. I want to know, honestly, I want to know what went through the head of the guy who proposed it, right? Thinking like that this is, it, does this guy do this all the time where they just send out these garbage trade offers and hope that somebody is drunk enough to accept? Or was there something where he thought, you know, Josh Rosen was terrible in his first year with the Cardinals. He gets shipped off to Miami, where I believe he had one start, two starts mm-hmm. in Miami. And to be fair, we don't know exactly when this trade was proposed. But still, what went into the guy's mind who accepted it was like, this Rosen kid is going to be so much better than all them first round picks. <laughs> to be fair, not a thought? to be fair. Mm-hmm. When Rosen was shipped off to Miami, there was there was a lot of optimism that maybe you know he his career could get back on track. Uh, he obviously wasn't a right fit there with Arizona, and he had high draft capital. Was he like tenth overall or something? Sure. Uh, so he had very high draft capital. So I think there was some some optimism that that he could turn his season around or career around. And obviously just didn't happen. Can I can I make this trade even worse, though? You, you say that. And one important note that I left off, because it doesn't really well, matter, but it does. It's not a super flex league. It's a one quarterback league. Oh, it is Josh oh. Rosen for first, even in the most ideal of situations and circumstances where you think Rosen is going to be the truth. And what a quarterback league. Yeah. Unless it's like Lamar Jackson in his prime. Then I, I don't get it. Okay, that you should have. Now you make me look like a fool. Thank you, Jake, for that. No, but you didn't know that. (laughs) But I'm just saying, even now with that, can you even acknowledge like there is no redemption to be had here? Yeah. Even okay. Oh yeah, absolutely. There's that's uh, (laughs) that's just very poor for the other person there. It's so bad. Back in the chat says, "Poor dude woke up thinking Josh Jacobs was on his team." I hope. I hope that's what initiated the clicking. Because otherwise, I, I'm completely lost here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't get it. Um, but again, congrats on you for being able to pull that trade off. Because uh, most leagues, that won't happen. Agreed. Now, I want to put out one more call here to listeners. That is still the last trade that I have in the bucket here. If you can beat that trade, and I know that you can, or I know that you've seen somebody else make a trade that is worse. Please send that submission in. Send it to at Drinking Fantasy on Twitter. Send it to at Jake Trowbridge. Send it to at FF Dusty Dog. Just send it because we love razzing these trades. They make us feel a little bit better about ourselves. Can I just say mm-hmm. that? Yeah, you can. It makes me feel better about myself that I don't make terrible trades or yeah. as terrible trades. Let's put it that way because they're still hey, probably ma- pretty terrible. Is that Except petty? I'm is sober that- when I do it. <laughs> And I still make terrible trades, maybe even worse than that. Okay, not worse than that, but potentially on par with that. Potentially, yes. All right. Well, before we get into the meat of today's episodes, which, again, we're talking about mid-season disappointments, before we do that, I want to talk to you about Poor Richard's Farm, which will never be a disappointment. They offer 100% grass-fed beef sticks. They have all-natural ingredients, no fillers, no artificial preservatives, and more importantly, they're friggin' delicious. They have a variety of flavors, barbecue hickory, teriyaki maple, Tex-Mex mesquite, of course, the OG original flavor. They're all delightful. Right now, you can head on over to poorrichardsfarm.com, 
Get free shipping when you buy three or more packs of these things. And like I always say, you need at least three packs. You're going to regret it. You're going to think one pack, two packs, I'll be good. You're not. You're not good unless you have like six packs because they're going to go out of your house a lot faster than you think. So, Jake, before we get into it, uh, one other real sad thing from the chat here. Uh, Blue to Bear joining us. Blue. I've lost Ridley, Grock, Knox, Miles Sanders, David Montgomery, and T.Y. Hilton in the first eight weeks. What the hell do I even do at this point? Blue, uh, uh, I don't know if you have Sage that you could burn <laughs> or um, if there's somebody that you could call just for uh, maybe a shoulder to cry on. Because at this point, I'm I'm a little bit out of ideas. Uh, if this is redraft and, and that happened... Um, Attack the waiver wire as ferociously mm-hmm. as you possibly can. If it's a fab league, blow every last dollar on Adrian Peterson or Jeremy Jeremy McNichols, mm-hmm. uh, whoever. Like, you just got to do anything in your power. Hopefully, you're at a position where maybe you're four and four. I don't know, Blue. I don't know what your record is. But if if you're not completely out of it, just attack that waiver wire every single week. Yep, and just just hold on, and hopefully uh, some of these players can come back for you, and you'll be able to sneak in the playoffs. Because as we always say, once you get in the playoffs, anything can happen. So just just keep keep pushing, don't give up, and then yeah, just just hope for the best. That's all you can do. Yeah, yeah, it's like that uh, Wilson Phillips song. You know, you just gotta hold on for one more day. Can you hold on? That's that's how it goes. Don't worry. You don't have to fact check that. That's how the song goes. Uh, yeah, that's a real <laughs> rough deal. And uh, none of those folks are in our midseason disappointment. So hopefully you don't have any of these players on your team as well, because then you're really in for a world, world of hurt there. So, Jake, why don't you lead us off this evening uh, with with your first midseason disappointment? I would love to slash hate to do that because this guy, here's a guy I was really high on coming into this year. Rookie quarterback, Justin Fields. I thought there's only a couple of games that Andy Dalton can reasonably start before Justin Fields takes over for the team. And then it's going to be to the moon for Justin Fields. Uh, The first part of that came true. The second part, not so much. Uh, Yes, he did take over very swiftly. Uh, However, it's not been roses. So Justin Fields is quarterback 37 in points per game. (laughs) Every time with that reference. Uh, But yes, he is quarterback 37 in points per game. Clerks reference notwithstanding. And he finished quarterback four last week. And that's built into that. And he's still quarterback 37. Imagine what it looked like prior to that finish. Uh, Here's what's crazy. So last week, yes, he was quarterback four on the week somehow. How? 103 rushing yards. That's how. He still didn't crack 200 passing yards last week. Uh, He did put up two total touchdowns, one through the air, one on the ground. It cannot be a coincidence that this happened in the same week that coach Matt Nagy had to sit at home because he was in the COVID protocol, there was something unleashed with fields this last week where they let him be him a little bit more. You saw him be confident in just escaping the pocket and making the things work with his legs. And, and that's like, it felt like he's been cut off at the knees all season, Mm -hmm. quite literally. Like he hasn't been giving the opportunity to just when it's not there to throw, to let him take off. And I understand not wanting him to do that as his first option every time to where he just tucks it and runs every single time. But like, you have to let him be him. And they did that this last week. And unsurprisingly, he did very well because of that. Weird. Now, Dustin, I, I still don't have high hopes for the rest of the season for him. Mm -hmm. Like this next week, he has to play Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh. I don't want to have to start defense. him there. Yeah. Uh, that's not great. I know they just traded Melvin Ingram away, like we talked about at the top of the episode. So second Melvin Ingram reference. 
there you go. There's the excitement. Ooh. But even with that, like, I don't want to start him, and Nagy's going to be back, presumably getting his grossness all over him. So mm-hmm. is there any hope for him rest of the season? I don't think so. Unless Nagy leaves the team, I, I don't see things progressing better. Or at least maybe if he totally steps back from anything to do with this offense, then maybe he could have a little bit of a revival. Revival? Can you say that if he's never been vibed? Um, <laughs> That's true. Maybe he can actually take off and do what we were kind of expecting him to do. But I think it's going to be an off. It's going to be until next season uh, when they get a new head coach in there, hopefully a new GM kind of clean house, get someone in there better that will use Justin Fields talents as they were used when he was at Ohio state per chance. And, and we saw how great he was there. So yeah, this season I feel like is, is going to be lost no matter what. Hopefully we see some better flashes and he just continues to learn. And this is just kind of a red shirt season. And then next year he'll, he'll come back with a vengeance. Is he an actual buy low or trade for target in dynasty then? Is he one of these guys who, whose value actually might be that suppressed where you could? It could be. Uh, I don't know. I haven't really looked at to see what sort of trades have gone out there for uh, Justin Fields, um, especially in super flex. I mean, quarterbacks, any quarterback with a pulse is, is valuable in super flex. So I don't know. Mike how White, much... am I right? Huh? That's right. Mike White. That guy's worth like a first round pick right now. <laughs> yeah, people that are desperate and need a quarterback for a bye week or something, you could you could make that happen. I'm not saying it'll probably happen. It could, but uh, I, I think in a super flex league, his his value probably isn't depressed too much yet, uh, just because he is putting up some numbers and he has a starting quarterback. But in a one QB league, you could probably get him at a bit of a discount. Uh, especially since in most one QB leagues, he was going what early to mid second round, probably mid second in most mm-hmm. leagues. Sure. So, so you could probably get a little bit of a discount on him. Not much at this point, but you could probably get some. Fair, fair enough. Well, who do you want to turn the the table over to here for your disappointment? So my disappointment, uh, I'll stick with the quarterback here with you is Matt Ryan. And I know, I know we, you know, we talked about Calvin Ridley here kind of at the top a little bit and and missing him. But that being said, he's still been a disappointment. I mean, we've seen him play without Julio Jones many times throughout his career. And he's always produced well. Calvin Calvin Ridley's gone. You still got Russell Gage, who's I know he's been in and out. You got Kyle Pitts, who's a rookie. Um, he just isn't, he just, he looks done. I, I mean, he, he isn't producing well at all. I mean, his best week so far this season, I guess you could say came against Washington in week four, but there he only threw 60% passes, 283 yards, but he had four touchdowns, which kind of saved him. I mean, he hasn't been That's producing big. and throwing the yards that we've seen him throw. And we expected this offense to put up a lot of points and just put up a lot of offensive yards just due to the fact that their defense is so horrible. And I know they have a new coaching uh, staff that came in, so maybe that's kind of what's happening here. But, I mean, he has not looked like himself at all. I mean, his, his A dot is under seven on the season and uh, or average, average depth of uh, target. His it's just everything about him right now is just not looking good. And especially now with Kelvin really being out, I don't know if that that just obviously doesn't help things for him having someone that he relies on and is comfortable with in that offense. So I don't think he can turn it around. I mean, he's currently sitting at QB 21 on the season. So barely a low end QB two for you, even in a super flex league there's probably better options out there if, if you can get one. So yeah, the upside for the rest of the season, especially in that NFC South with those tough, tough defenses they have to play. I just don't see things getting any better for them the rest of the season. The one thing you have to hold out hope for here, if you, if you want to keep them 
like you said, super flex leagues and you need a second quarterback and things are dicey. Like I said, Mike White is a viable guy right now. That's how scary the season has mm-hmm. become. Or Cooper Rush has become a viable guy. At least he is throwing the ball a ton. It's just not <laughs> it's not throwing down the field. He's not getting mm-hmm. a lot of touchdowns outside of that one game, but he is throwing it a lot. He's thrown for 40 attempts in four of the seven games that he's played. So you know he's he's trying. It reminds me a lot of Ben Roethlisberger from last year. He was also throwing the ball a lot. It mm-hmm. also looked terrible because they were essentially throwing it five yards as a replacement for the running game. Uh, and to an extent, that's what's happening here this yeah, year. That's with Patterson. But, yeah, but Ben, you know, Ben did actually, I think, end up like quarterback 14 or something last year just on volume alone. And that's what you have to hope for, I guess. But I wouldn't bank on it. I just, I don't see things getting any better for this team as a whole. Uh, you definitely... You know, Patterson, I think, will keep doing what he's doing. Pitts will have his spike weeks, especially with Ridley being out now. Um, He's going to kind of be the main wide receiving focus on that team. Outside of those two, I don't don't have much hope for this offense in general. And while maybe Matt Ryan will have some, some spike weeks here, I just don't see him being a consistent quarterback for you to start week in and week out. That's fair. Well, before I smoothly transition into another part of this offense that I'm disappointed with, we have one chat here from Chase Kastner. Asks, will Javante Williams have any value this season without a Melvin Gordon injury? So that Broncos backfield has been basically a 50-50 split thus far. Gordon's come out a little bit ahead. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Yes. I mean, right now, Javante's at running back 25. So he's just outside of RB2 territory, and that is by a whole whopping one and a half points at this point. So he's essentially in RB2. Uh, So, yes, he has value. Uh, As an RB2, you can play him every week as your third running back or maybe a flex play at this point uh, by week fill it. Yeah, yeah, he's got value. I wouldn't hesitate starting him uh, if need be. If I have better options, obviously I'm going to go do that first, but – uh, if I'm in a bind, yeah, plug him in. He, he's he got value every single week, and you just have to hope that the cream is going to rise to the top and that he does start to take over the longer the season progresses. Yep. And tough to shake a stick at somebody who is finishing at RB25 in this terrible running back melee that we're all mm-hmm. experiencing right now. So if you can put somebody in your lineup and get you 10 points, which he is that guy, his upside might be capped, but if you can get reliable production, mm-hmm. yeah, you take it. So yeah. I agree. Um, not a shoot for the moon play, but a pretty consistent guy. Yep. Unlike, unlike Mike friggin' Davis to continue bashing on the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> here, or critiquing, I should say, to continue yes. critiquing the Atlanta Falcons a little bit. Mike Davis, I'll be the first to admit, I wanted a piece of whatever running back was going to be in this Arthur Smith-led offense. Mm -hmm. Arthur Smith, the offensive coordinator who came over from Tennessee, uh, obviously was not assuming that he was just going to be Derrick Henry, but he was going to get supposedly the volume and efficiency. Well, based off of what we saw last year, too, in Carolina, you know, I thought that was a pretty good bet as well. Yeah, he looked good as a replacement to Christian McCaffrey last year. Uh, not light the world on fire, but really solid. Mm-hmm. And instead here through eight games, he is the RB 40 in points per game. Uh, that's tough. And like I said, it's hard to be mad at any running back right now. Cause you just need somebody that you can plug in. But I certainly mm-hmm. expected more from Mike Davis than 10 points per game. Um, Cordero Patterson. That's the guy we just talked about it. He is the guy he's RB six right now. He's everything for that offense. And it's going to become more everything for that offense with, with Ridley out here for an unspecified amount of time. What's so crazy though, is Mike Davis is seeing more snaps than Cordero Patterson by a lot. Davis is on the field 65% of the time. Patterson 46% of the time. Davis has seen 30 targets so far. That's 13th amongst all running backs. 
How okay. are you at running back 40 when you have 30 targets? So that's on pace. Quick math. If I can double that, that's going to be 60 targets by the end of the season here. Now, maybe more. And you're on the field so much more than your counterpart. You have to just kind of be bad or there has to be something working against you in a real severe way in this landscape to be RB40 in points per game. So it sucks. I, you know, you asked uh, earlier, Chase, can you start Javante Williams? Yeah, you sure can. Can you start Mike Davis? You still probably will have to on some teams, but there's a lot more options that I'm interested in over Mike Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been a real, I mean, I think everyone in the fantasy community can say he was just such a disappointment just coming into the season. Yeah. We thought he was going to have that kind of bell cow workload. And obviously we didn't think he was going to be the only running back in that offense, but he was going to get the bulk of those carries because would they have Cordell Patterson? And my man, Wayne Gallman, <laughs> who hasn't gotten any work by the way. So yeah, it's just bizarre how things have worked out. Um, and it's very disappointing. And it's at this point, I feel like you just need to cut your losses with them. Like you said, he's getting, he's getting decent workload and he's got good targets, but it's just not competing on this offense here. And I just, yeah. See, the thing is I can't cut him. I can't, I mean, not that I have him a lot of places, but I can't cut him because of how bad running back is. Like right. you just have to stockpile these guys as average as they might be because you might get hit with the injury bug on your team. Right. And then or you Cordell Patterson team. could go down with an injury. God forbid. We're not ever hoping for injury, but should right. that happen, you you would rational coaching, you'd think that he would step into that role then. Um, but it would probably go to Wayne Gallman then at that point, and he would still be irrelevant. So <laughs> true, true. But honestly, though, with Ridley again, we don't know how long this is for. Maybe they do lean on the running game even more, mm-hmm. and those numbers creep that up a be. little bit to be more usable. So that's why I say he's worth holding on to, but lower the expectations mm-hmm. if they haven't yep. been lowered already. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm I'm doing a pivot for my running back here, Jake. Actually, for what I put on the show sheet, um, I was going to talk Trey Sermon, um, but I found someone else that I feel like it ha- has been a disappointment based off of what we were expecting and what he did last year. So that is one, Mister Naheem Hines, currently coming in at running back fifty-two on the season. Uh, after that monster season he had last year, um, very involved in the passing game, uh, with even with Jonathan Taylor there last year. I mean, we, we saw him just had those huge weeks, very involved, not much changed as far as uh, the running back situation and the, and the offense as a whole, other than Carson Wentz joining the team. Uh, there really wasn't any real changes to to that backfield. You still had... Jonathan Taylor, yeah, Marlon Mack is back uh, and, and apparently healthy, but he hasn't really been involved too much. And then Heinz, you know, we expected to be that third down back. Well, that just has not happened this year. For whatever reason, he's just not getting the targets and he's not really getting a whole lot of rushing attempts either. So his season high to date for targets in a game came in week one. Since then, he's been averaging three targets a game, maybe. This last week against Tennessee, he had five, which was his third high of the season. And the thing is, and I don't think any of us saw this coming, Jonathan Taylor has been much more involved in the passing game to date, where Jonathan Taylor has 25 targets on the season and Hines has 29. So that's that's really where that big discrepancy is coming in, is Jonathan Taylor – It's the second year in the offense. He's got a better understanding of everything that's going on, probably a little bit better with pass protection as well. So he can be in there on those third down plays. And and he is a true workhorse running back now for him. And Naheem Hines is just coming in to spell him um, when he's gassed a little bit or on special uh, package plays. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, good for Jonathan Taylor, right? Glad that he is getting that that extra work for him. Mm-hmm. 
But if you're relying on this guy to be a reasonable flex play every week, mm-hmm. you're so bummed. You're so freaking bummed. Instead, J.D. McKissick, who I had those two guys, is like the same. I was like, they're mm-hmm. going to be the same. They'll get the same. J.D. McKissick is like a, a stellar running back compared to Naeem Hines oh, right now. For this me. year, absolutely. Uh, so you win some, you lose some there, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Can we blame yep. Carson Wentz? It seems like everybody wants to blame Carson Wentz for everything. Can we do that for this too? No, I, I am not going to blame him. I blame Jonathan Taylor in a good way. Okay. Yay, JT. We love you, but we hate you. But mostly we, we just love you. <laughs> this guy, this guy, talk about love, hate. Talk about ups and downs. I have been in on this guy. I've been out on this guy. I've been back in on this guy. And now I am back out on this guy permanently. It has been quite the roller coaster. A real roller coaster with me and Robbie Anderson. Oh boy. If you've been a longtime listener of this podcast, you know my relationship with him personally. Uh, oh, I, I felt like you were going to feature me on the screen there, and I got really freaked out. No, I pushed uh, the wrong button. Sorry. Thought this was like I was going to have my uh, alone time with Robbie, which is not what I asked for, by the way. Uh, but we can make it happen if you want. No no, 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 no. That's really okay. Robbie doesn't deserve the alone time, I don't think. But he's he he was in such a great situation last year. Uh, he was RB28, I believe. Basically, the trio of receivers last year for the Carolina Panthers finished RB, or excuse me, wide receiver 27, wide receiver 28, and wide receiver 29, back to back to back. Curtis Samuel leaves in the offseason. And now we have DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. And then we have new guy Terrace Marshall coming in. And, of course, CMC is coming back. So you think, okay, some of the targets could go away. I get it. I get it. And then CMC gets hurt, of course, after only a couple of games. And still, Robert Bobby Anderson is at wide receiver 89. In points per game right now. 89. That's not just like disappointment numbers. That is punch you off the face of the earth numbers. Like get out of my life forever now, Robbie. I can't, I can't deal it. The Sam Darnold and Robbie Anderson connection. It just apparently is not meant to be. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know how else to explain it. Darnold definitely favors his other guys a whole lot more. Then he does Robbie. I don't know what Robbie did. And even in the targets that Robbie Anderson gets, they're so poor. And he's he does so little with them that I have no faith that he's going to turn it around for the second half of the season. And at this point, you know, in Dynasty, I, yeah, I guess you can hold them because what else are you going to do? If you want to drop them, uh, I, I, it depends on how deep your benches are and all of that. But like, I'm trying to get a ham sandwich for him at least. <laughs> yeah maybe somebody will give you a third maybe mm-hmm. i don't know uh or you can hope that darnold i guess gets benched <laughs> you know uh, darnold has certainly not been the guy that he was for the first three weeks of the season either but even in the first three weeks of the season robbie anderson was nobody that you wanted in your lineup so i don't know dustin talk me off a ledge is there anything that we can glean from this any positives nope unfortunately not (laughs) cool man No, i mean i i agree with everything you're saying there it's it's i know we had high hopes for him again in this offense being reunited with darnold they had that connection and it just hasn't materialized like we'd hoped at this point you know robbie anderson is just a good nfl player for a team and maybe not so much for uh fantasy football so yeah unfortunately no i don't see this in improving yeah he'll probably have his his blow up weeks here and there because that's what Robbie tends to do for us but being a consistent producer I think that ship has long sailed now at this point and is hope that if you have to start him some week you hit on the week that he actually does uh perform well you broke my heart Robbie you broke my heart all right who is your wide receiver disappointment So I have someone that I'll admit I have never, I wasn't a big fan of 
coming into the season regardless. But I know there was a lot of other analysts and a lot of uh, other uh, people out there that were very high on him. And given his situation this season, I think we expected more out of him, uh, especially how he kind of came on towards the end of last year. And that's LaVisca Chenault. So rookie last year, had a decent rookie year, all things considered, uh, especially considering he came out with the likes of Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, Jerry Judy, who all had great rookie seasons of their own. They kind of got overshadowed a little bit there. So I think we were expecting him to take a step forward this year. I know it's a brand new offense, but they have the Lord and Savior there. Uh, Trevor Lawrence got drafted, uh, the, the second coming of quarterbacks. DJ Chark, he went down with injury early this season. It should open things up for them. And it really hasn't. And whether that's just piss poor coaching from Urban Meyer and, and Darrell oh. Bevel in that offense, which, yes, I will probably say that's what it is, or if it's something else, I don't know. But he is currently sitting at wide receiver 58 on the season. Uh, and, and I think the big thing here uh, to keep keep in mind is he has zero touchdowns on the season. He's actually got a decent amount of yards. He's got 319 yards. He's got 44 targets. So, I mean, those two metrics on their own you know, aren't too terrible. It's that zero touchdowns, which is killing you. Add those in, yeah, he would be up a little bit higher in the ranks, but you're not looking at anything too significant. He'd still be, what, maybe in the 50s, uh, maybe the the high 40s uh, if you're lucky. And so I just don't see anything turning around for him this season. Uh, again, this offense, the team as a whole is just terrible. Um, while they've shown some signs of life, uh, you, you lost – James Robinson now for at least a week or two with that ankle sprain. I, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what else to, to say. Redemption. There has to be redemption for him in those couple of weeks, right? Like if there are no other, I mean, I love Marvin Jones. Don't get me wrong. Love Marvin Jones. Love Marvin Jones. And Dan Arnold apparently is just the guy now. Like he oh. got traded, uh, I don't know, week three, week four mm-hmm. over there. Tight end uh, and Tight end Dan Arnold is crushing, inarguably. He's crushing. And it's like they're going to every person besides LaVisca Chenault. It's weird. It's it's like they don't know how to use him properly because he is very much, in my opinion, uh, in that kind of Debo Samuel mold where you can use him close to the line of scrimmage, uh, use him on jet sweeps around, kind of get him the ball close to the line of scrimmage, and then let him evade the – cornerbacks and safeties and let him do his thing in the open field, but he can also burn downfield as well and get open. Uh, But for whatever reason, they're not using them like that. And that's really surprising with urban Meyer, considering he had kind of those gadget guys back at Ohio state for all those years with like Percy Harbin. And was it Robbie Anderson was there? Um, Was was it? Was it Robbie? No, it's Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuel. I'm sorry. It, it was the other uh, guy that we love to get high on, uh, but never quite <laughs> produces how we hope. Uh, so, I mean, he had those kind of gadgety type guys or multifaceted use guys there on his teams. And all of a sudden he has one in the NFL and he's like, eh, I'm not going to use you. It, it's the weirdest thing. And I, like I said, I have a little bit of bias because I wasn't as high on him going into the season as, as a lot of other people were. Um, so this is by no means a victory lap, but um, I just, with the way this offense is looking and that coaching staff, I just, I have zero trust in it for the rest of the season. And I just wouldn't expect anything out of him, especially in a redraft. Yeah. Same. It's like, uh, I think that better days could be on the horizon, especially over these next couple of weeks, but I'm not going to bank on that. And now it's at the point, like you have to see it before you're willing to put him into your lineup. Mm-hmm. So, okay, he's going to go off on your bench, and then do you still trust him the week after that because Urban Meyer's still there? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I nope. could. I don't. That's tough. Uh, here's the guy that you have to trust because it's tight ends, and everybody at tight ends has failed you, especially this last week. This last week was bizarre. Travis Kelsey, nothing. Can't Obviously, Darren Waller's out. He's hurt. Uh, George Kale is out. He, he's hurt. 
TJ Hawkinson, I guess, did pretty good. Hey, like 15 hey, fantasy points. Hey, Jay, do you know who's number three tight end on the season currently? Yeah. Do you have to right now? I'm already number going, four. Number I'm already four. going sorry, through four. something. Say it. Say his name. It's Mike Gusecki. You son of a bitch. You goddamn son of a bitch. Uh, <laughs> if you don't know, Dustin is super big on Mike Kosicki, and I think we have a beer bet about that over the season, but I don't recall for sure. I don't recall. I know we did last year. I don't know we if did we last did another year. one this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know how confident you were this year if you wanted to make another beer bet or not. Well, I think but either way. And your garbage tight end bets is is what uh, stopped <laughs> us from probably making one. <laughs> That's probably true because <laughs> tight ends are stupid. Uh, so enter Jared Cook. <laughs> fellow stupid <laughs> tight end who's who's been a disappointment up to this point he was my drinking buddy at tight end obviously that was the kiss of death because anybody that i try and herald as a tight end going into a season you know they're going to do terribly he is right now tight end 18 in points per game that might as well be tight end 180 because you're just not getting anything out of him. it sucks because he is averaging the 11th most targets per game of all tight ends. So that's good. That's, that's cool. Nice. He's being utilized. He's only on the field, though, 61% of snaps. That's 32nd among tight ends. So, like, by default, sure, when you're out there, you are getting some targets, and that's really great, but you're coming off the field a whole lot, uh, and so you're not going to be able to soak in as many opportunities that way. That's math. That's how math works. Uh, now, he only has two, two two touchdowns through these first games. So, hey, maybe that's what you can look forward to is he'll finally get more tight, uh, more touchdowns. Can't say touchdowns. It's because I don't think anybody deserves tight, uh, touchdowns. My God, that's like the third time in a row. <laughs> Nobody in tight end deserves touchdowns. That's too what many I'm tees. saying here. That's too many tees. Uh, but, yeah, man, I... I I don't know. I mean, he's as reasonable of an option as most tight ends because, again, most tight ends are garbage, but I don't know what to think here. Do you think there's any salvation? I think there could be. Uh, I, I think to start the season, you know, Mike Williams was just going intercontinental and just, you know, and he's come back down to earth a little bit. Uh, Keenan Allen, he's doing Keenan Allen things. I think now that, you know, offenses or offenses defenses have to focus on Mike Williams consistently and Keenan Allen being out there, Austin Eckler out of the backfield. I think there is opportunity for Jared cook to turn it around a little bit. Is he going to be a top six tight end? No, I don't see that. You know, even, even for the rest of the season being a consistent top six tight end. No, but will he be a tight end one? Yeah. I think that's very reasonable and doable. Again, I know that's not saying much because it's, tight ends and you essentially just have to have a pulse to be a tight end one these days, mm -hmm. but I do see better days coming for him. You just got to be patient. Uh, so yeah, yeah. I, him, I do see him turning the season around. Well, that's good to hear uh, for me personally, because I have Jared cook every damn where. Yeah. And uh, I was going to say when I went, when I went to go fill out the show sheet here before the show started, cause I was super late on, uh, getting my stuff in for the show. I was actually going to pick Jared Cook as my guy. He was the one that popped into my head right away for tight ends. And when I saw you had him, I was like, oh, we're right there. Same wavelength. Same um, so I, I had to do a quick pivot. And I had to go to my drinking buddy from last year, and that's Janu Smith, uh, currently sitting at tight end 24. I think we were expecting more out of him this season. Again, not the top tier tight end that we expected couple of seasons ago, but with that move to new England, I know Hunter Henry went there. I thought, I think we probably thought that Johnny was going to be more of the pass catcher tight end and the um, red zone target there in new England. That hasn't happened. It's been Hunter Henry while their targets on the season have been pretty close. It's been the touchdowns. Hunter Henry has been getting those touchdowns and that's really been the difference for them. So, at this point, I would kind of expect that to continue. We're halfway through the season. For whatever reason, they see they found what they needed in Hunter Henry, and he is that guy that's getting those red zone looks. And 
I don't see any reason why that would change at this point, barring injury. So I think you could probably cut bait on Janu. Unfortunately, try to go get Hunter Henry if you can. It's such a bummer too, especially if you were a follow the money type of person this off season, because mm-hmm. Janu got paid. He got paid so much. And then to do so little and uh, coach Belichick was bragging him up all offseason mm-hmm. about how versatile he is. can do anything with him. He's the most talented guy he's seen in some time. It's like, well, then let him do something. You fool. Right. You damned fool. I agree. It's it's very sad. Very sad. Because you know how much I love that guy last year. He was used by guy. You were you were all about him, and and reasonably we thought maybe that could transpire again this year. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not going to happen. All right. Any any last other players you want to talk about here that are disappointing to you, Jake, or should we move on? No, because it makes me sad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) There are some obvious names that we left off, and we could have went very obvious. You know, your Allen Robinson that we talk about all the time, your Odell Beckham these guys but you know they're disappointing we don't have to tell you that's right so we'll move on to our start of the weeks and as we said on our show last week uh we're going to start going back and revisiting our our weekly starts of the week to see how we did holding ourselves accountable is the process that we used correct or do we need to fine tune it a little bit you know let's, let's 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 hold ourselves accountable take those pats on the back when we can get them but then also razz each other when uh, our starts of the week don't work out. So, Jake, <laughs> you had Big Bob Tanyan last week against Arizona. Ended up as tight end 16 with 7.9 points, although he did not play the whole game. He tore his ACL out for the rest of the season. Poor one out for Big Bob there. Um, so I, I'll give you a, a, a mixed review on that one. I don't know with that game if he would have done much better than that finishing tight end 16 to be honest um i don't know how i'll be honest i didn't really watch the game uh most thursday night heathen. games me you i know damn, you damned heathen you didn't even get to see the amazing finish i know uh, with the pick by the cornerback that was previously on the cardinals practice squad like three weeks ago revenge i game. will say i will say and this isn't me trying to completely excuse this because no this isn't what i was hoping for with the start of the week from tanyan of course 7.9 points that's that's pedestrian the play that he got injured on was a magnificent long uh catch i think it's about a 25 yard catch and based on the way the rest of the game uh, went, they needed him in the red zone pretty badly. Maybe he gets a touchdown and salvages the day, but right. either way, you're disappointed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I'll give you a, a 50-50 on that one. That, that's not a <laughs> terrible call, but it wasn't obviously uh, worked out quite as well as you'd hope. And then I had Adam Thielen versus Dallas. Uh, ended up as wide receiver 13, so just outside wide receiver one territory with 19.8 points. Jake, how do you how do you rank this one? Uh, I think it was it was very good and should have been so much better. That game was bizarre. If you didn't get a chance to watch the Minnesota Dallas game, Adam Thielen should have been targeted like an additional 10 times. It was the stupidest game plan I've ever seen. Not ever, because uh, I did just have to watch the the Chiefs almost bungled their way against the Giants last night. <laughs> so maybe not ever, but it was terrible play calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll take a victory on that one because he's just barely outside wide receiver one territory. Um, and I think most weeks people would expect Justin Jefferson to outscore Adam Thielen. Um, so, yeah, I'll, I'll take a victory. Not not 100% victory, but I, I feel pretty pretty good about that one. Yeah, you should. You should feel I good do. about that. I now, do. you know, we're talking about this whole process thing, and maybe we need to tweak our process. I figured out mm-hmm. how to do it, Dustin. I figured okay. out how to tweak. Is you just have to take an already good player and then find the matchup where they're going against the worst defense possible and then call them your start of the week? Because that's that what I'm works? doing this week. That's what I'm doing. Uh, now, I'm going gonna... to get those victories. Eat those W's. <laughs> I am going to say, to preface this, this is not just a start of the week as in, like, he'll be a top 12 guy. This is a start of the week where he is going to finish as a top five guy, in my uh, Ooh, opinion top here. top five. Aaron Rodgers against the Kansas City Chief. 
Chiefs is what you need out of this guy. If you, if you don't feel the confidence in Aaron Rodgers from a fantasy standpoint, I get it. To a certain extent, I really do get it because he's only had four weeks inside the top 12 to this mm-hmm. point. It's a little shocking. They've, they've found other ways to win, as we can attest to as Green Bay fans. Sometimes it does fall onto the running backs to get that done. Sometimes the defense is just really stepping up. So they're winning a lot of games, but it's not always because of Aaron Rodgers putting up 400-yard performances. Mm-hmm. This week, it's almost a guarantee that that's, that's the case. Kansas City is a terrible, terrible defense. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely abysmal. And if you didn't watch the Giants game from this last week, the thing that will or should stand out to you as you watch Aaron play this week against the Chiefs is he is going to hyper-target the uh, cor- – I forget the cornerback's name, so I apologize. But there is one guy that every single time they went after him, it was like a 50-yard chunk play. Aaron's going to just decimate him. I don't care who he's lined up against. I don't care if it's Devontae Adams. I don't care if it's uh, freaking Equinemius St. Brown. That's that what was going to be my my question for you. I know it uh, looks like Lazard is going to be back this week. I haven't heard anything about Devontae yet coming off of the COVID list. So does, does this change anything if Devontae is not playing this week and with the loss of Bob Tanyan? I hear MVS might come be, might be coming back this week, so you could be getting back one of the pass catchers. But yeah, honestly, it doesn't Devante. I don't know. It doesn't and, change and, it for me. Okay. I'll be honest. Even without Devante, I think that Aaron Rodgers is as locked as you can possibly get at fantasy All quarterback right. this week. So if he has to play, I, and to be fair, I presume that at least Lazard and or Devante will be back. Though I mean, this is now going from a Thursday night game. So you have a 10-day period where they can come back. Uh, They were already on the COVID list early last week. So reasonable expectation is that they both play. I, I too, though, haven't heard for sure that they will be. That's my assumption. But Mm -hmm. even if one of them doesn't, I still love Aaron Rodgers. Maybe not top five, but he'll be real close. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's fair. All right, so my start of the week is one Hunter Renfro of the Las Vegas Raiders going against the New York Giants. Uh, It is just a juicy, juicy matchup here. Um, The Giants are another terrible uh, secondary here, ranked 22nd in the league. They've given up just a crap ton of yards, crap ton of touchdowns. Uh, I'm expecting with Waller kind of being dinged up, possibly out again. Renfro is going to be the guy and they got to funnel the targets somewhere. And Derek Carr is going to go after uh, the one guy he knows he's had a a built in relationship with already with Renfro being on the team for a couple of years. So yeah, smash that play. And he's, and you'll be able to get him cheap. Like, He's probably he could be out on your waiver wire right now. Let's be honest in a, in a redraft league. Uh, so I wouldn't hesitate picking him up if he's out there and and giving him a start. That's how confident I am. Well, yeah, we you know we talked about him a few weeks back. I think it was in our Who'd You Rather, uh, and his name popped up as one of those really consistent guys that nobody seemed to care about. Mm-hmm. I will say if, so. If you didn't see the news today, Henry Ruggs, there was a awful awful car accident uh he is it appears being charged with a dui and there was a fatality involved in this so you know we're not lawyers or anything like that and that's not the whole point of this podcast uh and we're not going to dwell on it but that that happened that means he is not out there for the team so with with rugs not being out there of course they do have to funnel elsewhere Mm -hmm. uh and and with it's really interesting didn't even take that into account when I uh, uh, put that down. I mean, I, I saw the the blurb come up on Sleeper, you know, one, whatever it was Twitter. I don't remember um, that he was involved in an accident. Didn't get any of the other details, and it totally slipped my mind. This was just a I like the matchup, and but now saying that even more, yeah, it makes that even uh, better opportunities for Hunter. 
Yeah, for sure. So with or without Waller in the mix, it's still going to be a really good day for Hunter Renfro. I I think this is a great time real quick here before we move on to, uh, you know, our beer bet wrap up here. Just to remind listeners, of course, Ubers, Lyfts, taxis, those are all readily available. So drink responsibly. Do not drive uh, when you have been drinking because that's what these services are freaking there mm-hmm. for so absolutely and as much as we love to have fun on this podcast and and we do enjoy our beers and we'll do our shots we are also very responsible about it and do the right thing so go out there do the same for you and for everyone else out there not just for yourself you're doing it for everyone else and your loved ones so uh do exactly what jake said for sure uh I mean, I think people should do that most of the time, but it's especially, especially in this situation. That's right. So uh, with that said, um, awkward transition, but I do want to do this because, again, we drink responsibly here, but we also drink just irresponsibly enough to make bets that are stupid. That's the extent of it. That's as irresponsible as we like to get with this, uh, save for, again, a really terrible trade or something like that. (laughs) <laughs> but I've been looking over this. And, and so last week, Dustin, of course, uh, mm-hmm. with the Calvin Ridley uh, situation, we didn't really do do a beer bet. Would you like to choose the matchup this week? And if not, I do have one, of course, that I can I can go for here. No, it is your week um, since we do like to switch off here. Even the last week was kind of a, a push as far as as not being an official beer bet, uh, but you go ahead and take this one. All right. Here's, uh, here's what I'd like to do if, if you're welcome to have it. And of course you get to choose, uh, the, the person. So I want to make things really exciting and I like being able to put my money where my mouth is. So my start of the week is Aaron Rodgers, plays the Kansas city chiefs, Patrick Mahomes had a rough couple of weeks here. Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes, total fantasy points. What do you think? Give me me a second here. Uh, Yeah, you're welcome to it. uh, You know, since you weren't prepared and didn't put it on the uh, show sheet ahead of time. I'm so sorry that I like the spectacle and the pizzazz of the shock surprise. I I didn't realize that was a sin here, Dustin. Uh, Now, I will say, you know, just (laughs) as, as to fill time as you're considering your choice, but truly, if this was presented to you probably a few weeks back, I have to imagine that the easy smash choice was Patrick Mahomes mm-hmm. because you probably always want to pick Patrick Mahomes. He, he, you know, he's the guy for fantasy quarterbacks. But now, with these last few weeks, and there's been some down weeks, do you still have that level of confidence? Even against Green Bay, without Jair Alexander, do you have that confidence? I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll admit <laughs> there are a couple things here. One, the Packers defense has been looking better as of late. Mm-hmm. Um, they've been getting, they've had at least one interception in every game of the season, except for the first week, which we can throw that week one game against the saints out. Like that was such an outlier compared to everything else this season. Um, you're an, at an impasse here, my friend. You're, you're, I am. And, I, and, I, and I just hate to bet against Aaron. I, that's that's my that's my that's my boy it's my boy yeah. blue i that's just I, I i love that aa ron um i just i because I, I know if i go against him he's gonna hear it and then he's gonna prove <laughs> me wrong and but he no, would do I, that he would do that to you personally but, but if we're going just pure ppr points i will take patrick mahomes ppr are you expecting either of them to catch a lot of passes in this upcoming week is that is that they the might. hope that you're holding out for? Actually, Patrick Mahomes could and might do that. You know, that's actually either one of these guys could reasonably do that because uh, you can never bank that weird shit out <laughs> with them. So I take it back. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm gonna go Patrick Mahomes. All right, fair enough. I don't feel great about it, but I, that that's I gotta I gotta plant my flag for a week. That's where I'm planting it. All right, I I appreciate you allowing me to have my start of the week. We'll lock that in. Aaron Rodgers versus Patrick Mahomes. I get to keep the Aaron Rodgers side. Uh, and in a way, what's nice is we'll both be rooting for him to win this. In a way. I guess. Come on. 
Come on. Come on. I this guess. is an important thing. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you rather have the Packers win than you win this bet? I could have both. You could, but if you had to I can have both. one over the nope, other. Nope, nope, I can have if both. If you had to, I this know what you choose. This isn't I know what would you would. rather. This is, yeah, I can have saying. both. I'm just saying. You can hypothetically, but in reality, I think we know what the answer would be if you were forced to choose between the two. <laughs> Let's get the hell out of here. I'm tired right. of this. Put me right. on the spot like this. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, weekly reminder, folks, go out and check your waiver wire for players that have been dropped. You never know who of the other GMs out there in your league are tilting because of injuries or whatnot and who they need to pick up to fill in for bye weeks. Uh, so yeah, go up and check out your waiver wire. And speaking of buys, we do have four teams on buy this week. We have Detroit, Seattle, Tampa Bay, and Washington. So please make sure they are out of your lineups because they will do you no good in there. Unless you're of course like me and have Antonio Gibson, you can put him in your lineup. It doesn't score you any points for you anyway, but that's a topic for another day. Uh, as always, folks, please go out, give us a rate and review. We truly do appreciate it. It helps others find us. Uh, so wherever you can go do that, please do hit us up in our DMs. Any sort of question you have, fantasy football related or real life related, we'll answer those two. But if you have trade questions, start sit questions, give us your drug trades of the week. We want it all. Just just give it to us all. We're here for give you. Give us we everything. Will, we, will, we will take it all. You can find our podcast page at Tricky Fantasy. I'm Twitter. sorry. Can we change our new slogan to we'll take it all? I think that might come up on the SEO, you know, on the search engines for people a little bit more. We'll take it all. Ah, it we'll, we'll put it in there. See what happens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jake. Thanks for that. Why don't you tell people where they can find you out there? And can find me taking it all on Twitter at Jake Trowbridge. And you can find me at FF Dusty Dog. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, FFers.